From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. We've had months to figure this out and to do our job to secure our border, and we now are expected to let the swamp continue to mortgage the future of our children and grandchildren with a government capable of defending the nation and responding to disasters such as these. And with that, I respectfully object. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And you just heard from freshman Congressman Chip Roy, a Texas Republican, who objected Friday to the House clearing a long-delayed disaster aid package, much to the frustration of House leaders and many others. Uh, and so joining me today to talk about this roller coaster ride we've had on disaster aid relief is Jennifer Shutt, CQ's appropriations reporter who has been covering this doggedly for the past week, day and night. Thanks for being here, Jen. Thanks for having me. Let's, let's bring us up to date here on where we are on disaster aid, which has been kicking around since the beginning of the year and we still don't have it quite done. We thought we came close last week and then... This happened on the House floor Friday. Uh, this is a $19 billion bill that is not paid for when we are racking up $100 million of debt per hour. And this is a bipartisan problem, to be honest. What's the, what's the latest, Jen? So it has been an absolute roller coaster ride on disaster aid. We have been covering this for months now. Since late last year, there have been a lot of difficulties in terms of figuring out how to provide aid and oversight for Puerto Rico to allow it to continue recovering from those 2017 storms, as well as providing new aid for states and territories to recover from more severe weather in 2018 and the first few months of 2019. It really seemed in the middle of last week like we were not going to be able to get to a bipartisan bicameral agreement on this package. There were some hiccups on the disaster aid portion, as well as a lot of issues with a provision that was attached at the time that would have provided aid for migrants crossing the, the southern border. And uh, we should say they were desperate to do it last week because they're, they're now in a Memorial Day recess for all this week, and they're hoping to get it done by the end of last week. Yes. And so of. that was the sense of urgency we had last week when they were when they were frenetically trying to craft a last-minute deal. Right. Last Thursday, there was a lot of action. The day started with, I think, the vast majority of us in the press thinking that the deal wasn't going to get done. There wasn't enough time to draft legislative text, to read through the text for members, to read through the text, and to hold votes before both, both chambers were scheduled to go out of town on Thursday, really with most lawmakers gone before happy hours on Thursday began. Right. Yet, they then they reached a deal with the White House uh, after they stripped money for anything to do with the border security, right? Right. That provision still needs to get done at some point in the next few weeks. Otherwise, the Department of Health and Human Services, their Office of Refugee Resettlement, which deals with undocumented, unaccompanied children crossing the border, could run out of money. They have a temporary plan that they would just pull money from other accounts, but that really isn't an ideal situation. So there's there's some money that both Republicans and Democrats agree is needed to address the needs of people crossing the southern border. There are a lot of lawmakers who are saying that it is a crisis and that they want to get this legislation passed, but there's just some language and some oversight provisions that they cannot agree to right now. 
Okay, so there was no agreement on border money, but then they did agree with the White House to strip out the border money, right? Correct. And that's what we a, thought there, was there might be. There was a last-minute call between Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby of Alabama and Georgia Republican Senator David Perdue to President Donald Trump. They spoke to him about the pros and cons, as Senator Perdue put it, and then President Trump sort of signed off on the package. They briefed Republicans in the Senate during a closed-door lunch on Thursday, and then the legislation moved through the Senate pretty quickly with an 85-8 to vote. Pretty overwhelming at the end. Friday was a completely different scenario. The House of Representatives was already gone. Most of the members, they had taken their last roll call vote. They had headed back to their districts. And so the plan in the House was to pass it through unanimous consent on Friday morning. Right. And that is where Congressman Roy came in and objected. And so now the plan, as far as I'm aware, is that the House is coming in for another pro forma session on Tuesday at 2 p.m., during which they hope to try to pass this $19.1 billion disaster aid package. So House leaders may try again Tuesday to take this up through unanimous consent, and they need unanimous consent because they're actually in recess. This is just a pro forma session. Correct. It's uh, not a legislative session in the House. Right. So it means so any one member of the any vote. one member of the 435 of them could block this thing if if he or she wants to. Uh, any guess as to whether Mr. Roy? objects again or if or if someone else could or what do we expect here we really don't know right now uh myself and several other reporters spoke with congressman roy after that friday pro forma session and we asked him are you planning to come back from texas on tuesday for this pro forma to object again and he just said we'll see and we tried to press him a little bit to find out if maybe another one of his colleagues who also objects to passing this legislation in this manner could be there instead. And he also said, we'll see. So really, it's just a situation where I think most of us are going to have to show up to the House again on Tuesday and just sort of wait and see if any conservatives are around to object. And if not, the House should be able to pass this disaster aid bill and send it to the president for his signature. And of course, Trump has said publicly on his Twitter account that he does support this. So he is expected to sign it. Yeah, the president's on board. But we should say there are a number of conservative Republicans who aren't thrilled about this package, right? I mean, they don't like how big it is. It's $19 billion. It's not paid for. And they wanted to see some of this border money attached. And they sort of wanted to vote on it. Yeah, but that isn't a particularly large faction of conservatives. Right, but it only takes one. The Senate vote <laughs> right. was 85 to 8. Right. There's there's some pretty broad consensus for this, but it only takes one guy to, to object. When you need unanimous consent. Right, yes. which they do. Uh, but I guess even if they object again, uh, it seems a certainty that by the following week, by next week, when they when they come back in session, in full session, this thing will pass. Yeah, it, it absolutely has the votes to pass Congress. So really, if conservatives continue to object to passing it through the House through unanimous consent, there's just they're just delaying the inevitable, essentially. Right. So we should expect it to become law really by next week anyway. Yes. And we should say this is $19 billion. It's, uh, it, the price has kept go- going up as the longer this has been delayed. Well, because but there were additional storms. Because there's been more Originally, and more disasters. Originally, the packages right. in January didn't cover the 2019 right. storms, and we've had quite a few of those. And the longer this takes to get done, the more disasters we seem to have, and the price keeps going up. 
Uh, and this is for hurricanes, wildfires, tornadoes, floods. We've had a lot of things over the past year and a half. That a lot uh, of severe weather happening. Right. Wonder why um, that is. So that's why that uh, that's what's at stake here in this in this package. And Jen, more broadly, I mean, the fact that it took it's taking this long over say five months to get this done. I mean, disaster aid was usually a sort of a non-controversial thing, and it's taken this long. What, what does this say about the appropriations process, how difficult things are going to be going forward? Because if they can't even do this quickly, uh, what do you, where does this leave us, do you think? I think it's going to be a very interesting year with a lot of very long days for members of the Capitol Press Corps, appropriators, leadership, and their staffs. Because nothing is easy now. No, absolutely not. We should remind people they still have to come up with new spending limits for the coming fiscal year and they're trying to get all these spending bills through that have contentious policy provisions that are already causing fights and and there's no agreement on anything really uh and so we you know we're looking for another fall showdown and given how poisonous relations are right now uh i've cleared my entire calendar for october i'm just planning to like work the entire month at this point in time probably a wise strategy Okay, so that's the latest we can offer on the disaster aid package, and we'll see this week if they can get it through with unanimous consent or not, and CQ will be covering it all for you, as usual. My thanks again to Jennifer Shutt, our appropriations reporter here at CQ, for joining me. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email note. The address is cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or you can just Google CQ Budget Podcast. See you next week.